0: Hey, ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? Welcome back to another episode of Creative Contact. I am your host, Kia Orion, and I am so stoked that you are here. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Whether you tune in on audio, whether you tune in on video, however you made made your way here to my small corner of the internet, it means the world. Um, This is going to be a fun episode. Uh, I've wanted to, if you've been following the pod for a while, uh, thank you and i've been just experimenting with the format i've been doing i was doing a lot with it kind of started with interviews and then i was doing a lot which kind of just kind of like life updates and then it went into more music and now i'm kind of just taking it into just kind of like productivity creativity mindset in general and that as well goes in a little bit more like kind of philosophy and experimentation so it's a little bit audio diary for myself to kind of just help me make sense of the world but it's also Just different kind of ideas that I've been toying with and I like to um, express in this medium. So if you're new to the podcast, however you came here, um, this will be a fun episode. This one is going to be very much concrete, some really dope takeaways. I put together, I've been seeing some other folks do this and I was always like, man, I wanted to do that. And this is obviously something that is forever changing and growing as I learn and develop. But this is like some some of the major books that have had an impact on me. lately and throughout my life. So these are certain things that have just kind of been on top of mind as well. I've, I've been gone, I've gone back through some of like books that were like all time that were like game changers for the boy. And what I did was because it's hard because they're books that are kind of for different things, like certain are for mindset. I've broken them up into categories and a mindset that are kind of like general ideas just around life that are, that are helpful. And then creativity more in particular, creativity, um, health, and then skills which are like not necessarily like this is how you get six pack abs but more like uh just skills around I have one on um you know stuff on language learning on personal finance um on like self development that sort of stuff and then memoir because I love memoir and there are a few that are at the top of my list that were um, it really impacted me a lot. And so these are the, the books. These are not ranked in order in terms of like best or worst, but this is more of uh, these are more topical in this regard. So I'm going to dive into them. I also have these linked up in the show notes. Um, so that way, if you want to check these out again, this is my perception, my thoughts alone. I always have to hedge it with this because people be coming for the boy because I, you know, some of these these, these ideas be a little inflammatory. But this is just the way that I've found, and this is the way that I maneuver my life. If you don't agree with me, go listen to something else. Um, <laughs> but if you uh, if you are curious about kind of my takeaways on what I'm up to, what I'm doing, then I hopefully I uh, hope that these uh, help you out. Also, potting from Mexico City. So if you hear the garbage bell, the guy with the garbage bell. If you hear the guy yelling for, um, uh, uh, and like um different food in the street, or if you hear dogs barking, it's just a loud city. So appreciate you rocking with me. Um, but without further ado let's jump into it. So the first thing we're going to jump into is mindset. This is the first category and these are, the reason I put these first is because these are kind of, these are the books that are going to, I think when it comes to most bang for your buck, because this is actually going to change like the whole structure, how you think about everything else, like skills and those things, those come later and those are important, but these are really the ones that help, you kind of formulate new ideas about the world and life that, for me, really these are the big dominoes. When you think about everything else kind of being coming from these, that um, these are some of the most pivotal works for me uh, that have helped me, I think, just be live a happier, more fulfilled, uh, purpose-driven life. And so, the first one, one of the biggest ones, is Mindset by Carol Dweck um because this is as tom billy would say this is the only belief that matters is that you can change that you can level up that you can grow that you aren't fixed and so pretty much she's the one that really put together the the ideas between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset and if you can if you can switch that piece in your brain that like there's room to grow, that you can level up, that like it's worth it to try, then all these other things fall into place. And so there are a couple also themes that I think you'll see kind of emerge throughout this podcast as well. And one of them is, again, and she talks about this, is the importance of gaining skills um, and skill development through growth, um, which is something that I'll keep coming back to. And just this idea of, like, you really are capable of so much more than you probably think you are, and that humans in general we are, but that we often feel limited with our with with these senses of identity, of I'm a person who does this or does that, rather than embracing that new source of identity and then learning that skill and the idea of that you can... The, the the idea that you can change is so powerful. So that's the first one, Carol Dweck Mindset. The next one I read recently, um, so it's a little bit more top of mind. This is Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, which I loved this book. This is one I had to pause it like, oh, actually let me uh, unplug my fridge because that's going to be annoying, is the idea that like, if you don't know, Victor Frankl was a um prisoner in Nazi concentration camps as a Jew but he was also a psychologist and I think he did like brain surgery and stuff and so he was just super aware of all of these kind of crazy just the cra- like the psychology it was he kind of deconstructs what's going on f- while he's experiencing like these crazy um just crazy like elements of torture and all these different things so like he he shows up he ends up having his life's work destroyed within like the first week or first few days he has like this manuscript or something and so shout out to the trumpet player in the street one time um and so it's just really fascinating how he how he deconstructs kind of the sense of purpose and how that's really what you want is a sense of purpose. And he has a couple quotes that I thought were really cool. Um the one he that I love is uh a man with a why can bear almost any how. That really stuck with me. And another one he said was attentionless state is isn't ideal. It's the striving and struggling toward a worthwhile goal. And I think that uh sorry about the trumpet here, let's put this on pause until they're done trumpeting. And we're back. Sometimes you just got to trumpet in the middle of the day. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to trumpet. Um, Shout out to Mexico one time. So I was talking about Victor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. Pretty much uh, there's just the importance of purpose. The importance of feeling um, like what you're doing has meaning and that what you're living for, finding a real reason Finding something to live for. Um, and that the point isn't to be I love the idea of the of it's not about being in a tensionless state. It's about striving and struggling toward a worthwhile goal. That it's not about living a pain free life. It's not about living a totally peaceful, stress free life, it's about living but in that in that in that push and that pull between tension and release. Um, and really finding Man, Lisa, you dropped some crazy gems in there. I listened to the audiobook, and the guy narrating it was even really good. Um, highly recommend. Game changer just really helps you also appreciate everything that you have. When he talks about, when he describes, you know, what it's like living in those concentration camps, man, like, wee. Even a bad day is an incredible day. We'll put it like that. Okay. Keeping it moving on to the next one. Greg McEwen, I think is how you say his name, Essentialism. Uh, He also just came out with a book called Effortless. Um, I didn't read the book Effortless, but I heard a ton of interviews with him on that book, and that's really cool too. But Essentialism pretty much, the name says it all, but there's some really cool takeaways in there. But the big gem is you just kind of focus on what matters. Um, Excuse me. I'm like really boiling down. what, um, like just stripping away the fat. And I think this kind of like comes into like a minimalism in a way for me as well, which really changed my life of like stripping away. What do I need? What really makes me happy? Like really diving in what makes me happy? What type of a day do I want to live every day? How can I, how can I live that life every day? and do that now, not have to wait until I have a million dollars to do it. And so a lot of that came with a lot of sacrifices of having to sell everything, having to go a little bit more nomad, minimalist with it. But I was like, I just want to wake up, be in the sunshine, box, make music, eat good food. And um, that's that's what I've been able to kind of do. It took leaving the country, selling all my stuff, and trying to build a little business with making beats. But um, you know, teaching English for a couple of years, all that sort of stuff, but really figuring out what makes you happy and then finding ways to live a live a day that 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 you enjoy living now rather than trying to like push that off figure out what matters okay, keeping it moving. this one goes without saying the four agreements game changer by uh I think it's done Miguel Ruiz. I think about these every single day. Um, I have them written down it 's like when I do my gratitude journal in the morning, I revisit these every day because this is it 's a game changer the four agreements don 't think don 't take things personally, always do your best, be impeccable with your word don 't make assumptions man so i'm i 'm not great at being impeccable with my word because sometimes I flake on shit um i 'm also not always great at doing my best like I remember when I was working an office job and just doing other stuff there 's a lot of times when i don't don 't do my best. I'm a terrible employee because I just don't feel like doing it. So, like, I'm not going to do my best if I just don't want to do it. But the two – so maybe I should just boil this down to key is two agreements. Uh, key is two agreements are don't take things personally and don't make assumptions. I love those two because those, to me, um, are where I get into 99% of my uh, miscommunications, my – um, if I end up jealous, unhappy, negative—those kind of negative emotions that that that, that I experience, negative experiences—are almost ninety percent because of something I took personally, or I assumed something about somebody, what they said, and then I reacted to it, or I assumed and took it personally, which is even worse. So, man, that's a huge one. Come back to that a lot. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dan Carnegie. Love this one. Pivotal one. Uh. This one I love, and this is one that I probably the the same way that I probably need to come back to Victor Frankl once a year. I should probably come back to this one once a year, because there are some gems in this. Then, and one of the biggest ones is people care. We are our. We're always going to be more interesting to ourselves because we're ourselves. So like, we're we're so self obsessed. Coming from a guy who has a podcast where I just talk to myself for an hour every week. Um, case in point, we're so self-obsessed that we always find what we have to say most interesting. Unfortunately, that we end up talking a lot about ourselves, and that doesn't. The best way for me to come back to this is to be like Kia: people care about themselves; they don't really care about you. So, when in conversations and things of that nature, is how can I, how can I talk less? First of all, how can I just talk less, period? And how can I talk less about myself? And how can I really focus on the other person? And this is huge because people don't really give a fuck. Like people don't really care about you. They care about themselves. And if you can have them talk about themselves, then they actually like you more, which is a strange kind of a thing, but it's the truth. And so for me, as someone who I like to talk a lot, I'm I have a big ego. I always want to talk, blah blah blah, this is what I'm doing, blah blah blah. Like to really dial it in on like Kia, yeah, how can we talk, like how can we focus on other people more? And then also the idea of being agreeable and being liked. And again, this again, like I said, inflammatory. This for me is important. Being agreeable and being liked is more important than being right. And for me, um like if I know what I believe then I don't necessarily have to be right. I'd rather you like me. I'd rather you, I'd rather us have like a good conversation and be able to, this is gonna sound like a little twisted, but it's the truth. I'd rather be able to like, like leverage you as a network or as a person, as a relationship, than me in a conversation coming out as like the verbal victor on something. But to me, that even if you say something that I don't agree with, I don't I even, I'm into standing up for what you believe in but I'm just not into like verbally fighting I'm just I like I like pushing back on different ideas but if you say something I don't agree with I'll still be able to process that like we probably agree on ninety nine percent of things just as human beings and I'll be able to just like overlook that and just like I'd rather us get along and maybe um I don't know we can we can there there there's a benefit to that in the future rather than burning that bridge because i disagree with you on one thing so i throw you totally away like as a human and i think this is also really interesting as well just thinking about how to win friends and influence people when people will say things like i remember when i came back from new zealand i've used this example before on the podcast i, I traveled abroad in new zealand and oh, this is really interesting any if you travel if you're a nomad or whatever anytime you come back from from any sort of travel really pay attention to how little people give a fuck about your travels like they don't care and that's we that's fine it's cuz they weren't there they don't get it but like now, like living abroad now for three years, over three years, having some really cool adventures. For me, when I have these adventures, I'm like, wow, this is really dope. Maybe I'll share it on this podcast. Because the cool thing about this podcast is you're opting in. You're choosing to listen to whatever this bullshit is that I'm spewing. Whereas like if we're in a conversation, you might not have opted in for that. Whereas like this is and I think that's a it's interesting kind of delineation to make where now people are like, oh Kia, how was wherever? Rather than be like, oh my God, I got to tell you about it. Let me tell you about Mexico. I'm like, Mexico is really cool, but I don't know. Like, well, tell me about, I I saw like on your Instagram, X, Y, and Z, tell me about that. Like, I just like deflect it and like ask about you because you don't really care. And it's like how many, same when somebody has a baby or something, like how much do you really want to look at, like, let's be honest, a thousand percent, all babies look the same, pretty much they're all kind of ugly, they kind of look like aliens, they all pretty much look the same, unless it's your baby, then it seems beautiful, then it seems cool, I'm just, I don't, you know what I mean, even myself, like, I'm not trying to, like, see your baby pictures for, for, like, 30 minutes, or, like, you know what I mean, that, like, for me, I think this one is really pivotal, and how can we, and especially for someone like myself, who likes to talk, focus on other people more, and try to keep that as a in a conversation, I have my podcast medium, I have my music, I'll, I'll talk about whatever I wanna talk about, I have my outlets for this. When I'm in a conversation with you, I want, I want, It's it, it builds a relationship more if I'm not talking about myself. There you go. Okay, on to the next one. This is the last one of the kind of mindset piece, but Range by David Epstein. This is a book that I'm, again, I'm gonna say there are a few in here, that i'm cheating because i didn't actually read the book but i heard so many interviews with the person (laughs) that i feel like i did um that i got some of the big takeaways from it so there are a few in here that's that same where it's like i didn't actually read this book but i heard like 20 interviews with this person and so i feel like i got the gems from it that i feel like i can recommend i feel like i got enough gems that i could recommend the book so range by david epstein he's the one who also wrote the sports gene he was a sports he was like uh Maybe he's like a sprinter, and then he was or a swimmer. He was some sort of athlete, and then he he worked for like the, um, uh, what's it called? Sports Illustrated as a journalist, and then he did something else. But it's pretty much this idea of like following your, following your interests, and that you learn who you are in practice, not in theory. And the he has some really cool takeaways, um, that at least he talked about have being in the book in his interviews about things of like um he had this one quote I loved experience is never wasted meaning like if you try something and you hate it and it's whack that wasn't a waste of time that's one thing that you learned you didn't like or you don't love. Um he also talks about this idea of who we are in practice, not theory, meaning like we've spent a lot of time like Thinking about like who we are or what we want to do or we don't like, what we do like, rather than just like trying it and just doing it and then figuring out and and like like last week's podcast if you didn't hear it was about my adventure hiring a prostitute and being like that was never something I tried before. I had a lot of thoughts about it, I had a lot of ideas about it, but like let me try to go do it. And then I'll be able to figure out how I really feel. And so just like experimenting more, whether it's with other hobbies or people like, I don't know what my passion is. I'm like, try some shit. And then the idea as well that he has in here of like allowing, giving yourself space to be terrible at stuff. And then also the idea of between grit and quit, knowing when it's like to pursue something and when say, okay, you know what? This is not for me. I'm going to, I'm tapping out and to make those decisions quicker, but to to give yourself space to be terrible at something, and that also um, just having a curiosity or an inkling to want to do something is enough. It's not like you have to be like God-given talent in music, but as you develop that skill, again, I'm gonna bring this back to skill-based learning, why it's important to develop skills. As you develop that skill, it normally gets more fun, it gets more challenging, but you level up. So it's this kind of like hand-in-hand thing. So I really like, man, I got some, that was another one. got some gems from him and has really helped me. just wanted to like, just, you know, start boxing again and wanting to learn how to engineer, you know, do audio engineering and just like, it gives yourself time to be crappy, but knowing that developing skills takes time and embracing that, learning Spanish, just there's a lot that book or not that book, I guess, but the ideas that he pontificates really changed my life. Okay, these are some really cool ones. Moving on into creativity. Uh, So the first one is the War of Art. To be honest, I don't know if it's War of Art or Turning Pro because there's a lot in there that that I always kind of mix up by Stephen Pressfield, but War of Art, period, is a like, a cornerstone of what I believe in, of this idea, oh, man, another one, I didn't think, I don't know the author, but I always get these mixed up, too, but it's called Talent is Overrated, and I'm just going to clump that in with War of Art, but this idea of um, that you aren't just, like, inherently a creative person, that creativity can look like a zillion things, and the important part isn't just being inspired and, like, creating beautiful works of art. It's about creating like showing up day in day out and creating whether it's terrible or not and that you stumble on the beautiful pieces you stumble on the gold you don't just like shit out gold every day you have to like allow yourself that room to create terrible art and that also you you give he calls it the muse you give the muse like almost like it's like this out of body otherworldly thing like a chance to to like bless you in a way. He's very religious. I'm not super religious with it, but the idea of the muse being like this almost like creative energy, which I do believe in. And if you have made anything out there, if you're listening to this, watching this, you know it when you feel it. You're like, oh, this is one of those moments. And it's like it's not something you just like conjure up. It's almost something like that kind of flow state for an athlete that you kind of like have to practice getting into that vibe. Um and I just love what he talks about just like treating turning pro and War of Heart of like Treating your art less, being less precious with it and being like, treating it more like it's a job and just doing the damn thing and stumbling on the beauty. Okay, and the next one that goes with creativity is, again, this is one I didn't read, just heard a lot of interviews with her, Big Magic by Liz Gilbert. Um, A couple big takeaways from this one I liked were, um, one, that creation is the end goal. That is almost like to create for the sake of creating, not for whatever that is that – whatever it is that that's going to give you. Um, and she talks about – she. I think she also wrote – was she the one I think that wrote Wild? I can't remember. No, she didn't write Wild. She was – I think she was E Pray, Love. I don't know. She was one of those woman adventure books, and she didn't expect it to, like, go crazy. I think she was E Pray, Love. And – um it did, and just like how she didn't have expectations for it, etc. And and the real point of creation is creation. Like how, like that, the fact that you can pass time making something is such a blessing that like that is the end goal, and then the other stuff that comes from it is really cool. Another cool takeaway I got from her, big gem from the book, or big gem from her ideas, we'll say, was how to personify your fear, which I've talked about a lot before, um, which is this idea that you to separate your fear from your from your creative brain? I call it an editor. So when I'm creating, I also have this kind of I call it an editor brain that'll like come in and be like, "Okay, this is whack. This isn't poppy enough. This isn't catchy enough. Those those rhymes are terrible. You're a bad singer. Why are you trying?" That part that like comes in that is important to have, right? You got to balance that. It's the yin and yang. The editor for me that that wants to like really dive in and get nitty gritty, but I don't to separate that out from the creative piece rather than just being like, I'm just creating whatever comes, comes. And then I, I pretty much tell that editor piece or fear, whatever you want to call it, I'll say, dude. You, I'm gonna give you time to come in and shit on this, but later, like not right now. Like you, I'm not trying to do both at the same time. And for me, that's been really helpful. Where I'll be, I'll have those thoughts, those negative thoughts, and then I'll click into the kind of Liz Gilbert mode and say, "Okay, Kia, I'll give you that time to come back and be in editor mode, but right now we're just focusing on the creating. Let's just make the thing, and then we can shit on it. Let's make it, and then we can shit on it. But we got to do that later." And she, whenever I think of this, it comes to me in the Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas poster, with the guy driving, and then he has like the 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 next to him is like the big, it's like a big black, like almost like spirit looking thing because they're just high out of their mind, and it's like just uh, it just whenever I think of this, I and she talks about this too, of like don't let your fear drive the car, have fear. Like ride passenger with you, like your fear is gonna ride shoddy with you. Be like, dude, you can ride here next to me. You're still on the ride. You're pretty much right here with me. You have some input, but you aren't driving the vehicle, right? You aren't driving the project. You don't want to be. You don't want to be driving. Fear isn't a good thing to be driving your art, but it's you want to have that piece there so that way you don't go totally off the deep end thinking that you're the best thing ever so it's good that you know yeah yin and yang, but i really like that idea and it's helped me a lot with my own creativity in the moment when i want to quit or quit something that i think is terrible just say let me just finish it see where it goes and then i'll come back to it later and nine times out of ten it actually turns out pretty dope once you actually just let it rock okay um grit by angela duckworth she applies this to, I think, more like sports and stuff. But I apply it to art. Um, this is what determines success. I mean, she, this is she's a pen professor. I reached out to her. She never responded. I'm not offended. I'm not uh, taking it personally, <clears throat> although maybe a little bit. Uh, she's just a really cool pen professor, and she 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 won that like I think it's like the MacArthur like Genius Award or something for this research around grit and how the the correlation between success what are the traits that correlate between success and it's not how tall you are it's not how much money you have it's not how talented you are it's pretty much how much were you willing how much pain were you willing to endure for how long before you reach where you wanted to get and for me i think that is everything i was never the smart i'm very average in pretty much everything except i'd say my superpower is in this kind of like discipline endurance mode that's why i always come back to my brand that i'm building my clothing brand my merch brand my record label when and where because it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when and where i'll always be more tortoise than hare and so for me i just this is one of those thoughts that i've really embraced is this idea of just like how long can you stick it out until it works um and I really do believe in that. In my life, everything that I've seen this be successful, it it was it never happened quickly. It never happened. I was never great at music overnight. It was never any skill that I've learned has been just from putting in time day in day out, embracing the process and then finding results years down the line. Um and so just some really cool takeaways in there around the importance of perseverance and sticking with something um and figure out the fuck outedness that is, I think, important. Just like playing the long game on some stuff that, that I'm into. So that's a big one. Um, another one that's influenced my day, well, my, in my life, and I, I incorporate this in my day every day, is The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Um, Some big takeaways in here. She talks about quant And if you don't know her, she was married, to, I think, to James Cameron, the wife of James Cameron. She's a screenwriter. Um, It's almost like it's a course, but it's... It was like the original online course almost it's called the artist but it's like a twelve week program that's really cool and it's about like nurturing your inner artist and just just cool shit but um she has some cool stuff like no idea is original she talks a lot about like jealousy and how like that is not helpful like but that no idea is original it' just like she gives you a lot of license to just be an artist and gives you some really good concrete examples of why um you are probably your own worst critic and talking yourself out of your own artistry. And she also talks about quantity, not quality. Like this idea of, kind of like Liz Gilbert, like you create it and let it go. Like you just making the thing, how can we focus more on just making the thing and less on putting weight on whatever that, whatever the reception is of the thing. And just like, make it, let it go. It's done, focus on the next one. like the like the process and not getting so hung up on, oh, I made this one time. We all know that person that was like, man, back in in my day, it was this and that. And it's like, well, what have you done lately? You know what I mean? Um, and the big takeaway from this, I think a lot of people do this too. It's called morning pages. And this is first thing in the morning. Seriously, it's the first thing. Well, it's not the first thing I do. You feel me? It's pretty much second thing I do is I also include this in kind of a gratitude journal, but it's just, I write, it's whatever's on your mind. Just like, for her, she recommends you do like three pages by hand. I'm not quite that crazy, I keep it in my phone. But I just just first thing, like I, I get a glass of water and I walk out, I try to get outside wherever I am and I just write whatever's on my mind whatever I was dreaming about whatever was what happened yesterday what I'm nervous about what I'm excited about super weird thoughts personal stuff it's not you're not supposed to go back and read it you no know one's supposed to read it it's supposed to be just like some people burn them um but just getting whatever's in that how in your mind that kind of like monkey brain just like get it out of your brain um in my morning it really has helped me structure my morning at the end of my morning pages then I'll do uh, my gra—I'll come. I'll write three or four things that I'm grateful for. And the way I kind of structure my mornings is I have like, it's, I call it 10, 10 and 10, um, where I'll do kind of 10 minutes of this journaling, gra- you know, a lot of journaling and then end it with gratitude journaling, kind of visit my goals. I'll do 10 minutes of meditation and then I'll do 10 minutes of yoga and it just kind of helps me start every day on the right foot. Um, start I'm just kind of, I dump whatever's in my brain, whatever's on my brain, I get kind of in a place where I'm just grateful. I do some meditation, so it just kind of helps clear my mind. And then I get a little bit of movement with the yoga, 10, 10, and 10. And then I'm ready to go to the gym or go box or whatever it is, go for a walk and just kind of like get my more in a movement going. But um, that was a game changer for me. Those morning pages. Also apologize for those crazy dogs. Okay. um, Getting there. Health. Um, I loved this book called Atomic Habits. Uh, so I take it back. I didn't love the book. Haven't read the book. Not going to lie to you. But I've read uh, or listened to a ton of interviews with this guy, James Clear, from Atomic Habits. It's, and, and he has this, and this idea of that it's not about like – it's not about you don't start doing big things overnight. It's about all these small things that add up. So it's not about getting to the gym. It's about getting out the door. That was one thing I loved that he said. Another one that he said that I really liked was how if you want to change habits or things that you're doing, this kind of sense of identity that you almost have to take on. You almost have to change your identity and think of, I'm a person who goes to the gym. I'm a person who goes to bed early. I'm a person who whatever it is that you want to do. And you almost have to like, there's a lot of psychology behind building habits that I thought was really cool, really interesting that he talks about um, and also just super helpful. Um, if you, if there's any sort of routine or something that you want to build into your life and routine is such a powerful motivator because it's not, you, you rely less on discipline and more just on habit, which is most of the things that I do well in this life, like good things in terms of working out or eating right or sleeping, et cetera, they're just almost like, it almost feels second nature. It's just kind of like brushing my teeth now because it's like ingrained in the schedule, And that was a big piece of it was switching that identity. And and I'm still into that. It was like having a flexible identity, being able to kind of create um, new new ideas around who you are and what you do that I think is important. Cool. Huge one. Again, haven't read the book. On this list of books that I've quote unquote read, a lot of these should just be like people that I recommend, books I recommend that I actually haven't read. I've heard countless interviews with this guy. Such a game changer. Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Dude, so much to go into here. I'm not going to do it because I could nerd out on my entire podcast on this. Why sleep is your superpower. If you don't want to read, go listen to interviews with this guy. If you like to read, listen to Why We Sleep. It's fascinating. Super important. I treat my sleep like it's a religion. That's why I've lost all of my friends. But I sleep great. Um, And... He has some great advice, just tips for sleep, and it's really, really powerful stuff that I think a lot of us um, overlook and treat, don't treat maybe with the respect that we should. But that's coming from a sleep fanatic. Okay, Um, last one on health. This one is Mindless Eating by Brian, Brian, I think his name's Ransack, Ransack, something like that. It's, uh, I can't remember, He was a Cornell professor and then he got, I think in 2018, he got like 15 of his like important research papers were tossed out for like research misconduct. So there's that. But the book, if nothing else, was really helpful called Mindless Eating. It really helped me think about snacking, eating um, in general, and just this idea of how much our physical hunger is actually tied to like psychology and and visuals like if you have a bag of snacks out you're gonna eat them like it's like the the percentages are crazy so much more than if you're just like in like in a cupboard somewhere where you don't see them or um how bad we are at listening to our body when it comes to like how full we are. He had this experiment where people were like eating out of a bowl that would that would refill from the bottom that people wouldn't know. And we like it was like 50% more just because we want to finish the bowl. Like rather than eating be like I'm good. Like what like how big the utensils are like the plates, the bowls, the things that you eat out of, it doesn't seem like it, but that like is a huge influence on how much you actually eat. Like if you eat use a smaller plate, you'll eat less. And how much of our satisfaction psychologically comes from finishing what's on the plate rather than actually how full we are or not. It's like this very visual thing of like finishing what's on the plate. So just like use a smaller plate or whatever. That was just really cool Um, and has helped me a lot with my own weight loss or physical like of just like not eating shitty stuff, of just like not buying it, not keeping it in the house. If I have it in the house, lock it away so that it's very intentional. If it's like, I'm gonna eat a cookie, it's because I really want to. It's not because I walked in, I was like, oh, there are cookies, and then I feel like I want a cookie. It's like just being, in t- very again, living intentionally. A lot of this comes back to it. Psychology, living intentionally. Okay, moving into the skills section. How many dogs are there outside? That Nobody knows. Um, okay. So, moving into the skills section, uh, in terms of personal finance, I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi was huge for me. Um, I've really, I'm a little bit blown away how little um, financial literacy is taught in an academic environment. I went to one, supposedly, one of the best school, one of the best universities in the world. Nothing on financial literacy was – I had a requirement class on geology. I took a class – I had to take a class on physics um, or the chemistry or something. I had to take another science class. I was required to take a gym class. Um, I was required to take all these – nothing on finance, nothing on economics, how credit works, how to write a check, how to buy a house, buy a property? What, how? Um, negative debt can impact your life. None of it. Instead, uh, they had just silly science requirements. So, been really diving into personal finance recently, um, and taking it really seriously, as well as into my own, you know, finance or business as well. Um, and this one I loved. I would teach would be rich by Ramit Sethi. Again, a lot of the ideas in here are very inflammatory. But it's dope because he can break it down and kind of show you how it works, kind of peeking behind the matrix of the system, how money really works. It's really it's a whole other world. Finance is its own kind of matrix in and of itself, and you see how the wealthy gain wealth and keep it, and how they treat their money and and things that they do, or how they how they maneuver with money, and um, just things that. It's really again a, a quote I love it. it's less about intellect and more about awareness. And so you kind of then start to see – I'm just in the beginning of this journey for myself. I start to see how people accumulate wealth, how they generate wealth, what what they do with it. And I'm like, aha, and just starting to kind of put this together to work for myself. It's all out there. Unfortunately, it's not part of our education system, but – um the updated version of this book is really dope. i will tell you what bank accounts to open, what credit cards to get, what debit cards to get, where to invest, um, how to automate your money. So it's really dope. It's like you have your money come in from whatever it is. It'll go into like a bank account. For me, it's a Charles Schwab bank account because it doesn't have international ATM fees. They don't have any physical locations, so they can put a lot more time and effort into their customer service. Just like just cool companies and just like ways that you can – and then like I have all these different savings accounts set up. So I have like one for travel, one for taxes, um, one for like emergency fund, and one for investing. And then when you, you transfer your money into your bank account and then you have all these different savings set – saving accounts set up that are all on like automatically every month draw from – they they pretty much – they transfer all the money – it transfers into big accounts and then kind of splinters out into smaller savings accounts automatically. So it's really cool and he teaches you how to set the whole thing up. And another piece that he has on there is this idea of a money dial, which I loved, which is that money is not good or bad. It's just sort of – it's a tool and we all have stuff we want to spend money on. And again, not to be judgmental of how other people spend their money. I obviously don't like spending money on clothes, but I love spending money on software plugins for music. I like spending money on um, experiences. You know, when my mom came down and visited me and we had this you know, two week adventure in Mexico, like that's something I'm gonna remember forever. I'm really into spending money on good food. I really like eating good food. And so, but that's, you gotta figure out what that is for you And then he has this idea of a money dial of what that looks like if you turn that all the way up and how can you live a life so that you can live with that money dial turned all the way up. And and for me, you know, just not to be judgmental of how other people spend their money and there's so much psychology behind money um, that he breaks down in this book that's really cool. Highly recommend it. Life changer for the boy. Another life changer... Dude, if you're a nomad, this is in the repertoire. It can't not be on my list for our work week. This one's been beaten to death, so I'm not gonna talk about it a ton, but this was was one of the biggest ones that got my ass out of the country, and just because it's cool. He talks about how you can define, he's all about defining your dream and then testing it, which I love. He talks about how to automate and outsource different pieces of just pr- – like I didn't even think – that wasn't even my radar again, like how to outsource stuff or how to have a VA to do stuff and just think outside the box, it's game changer. Um, the power of, of location independence and location arbitrage, of going where you're treated best, going where you feel the best, going where um, maybe your currency is stronger so you're able to uh, – you can you can leverage your um your passport your currency your citizenship wherever it is in different places that every every place kind of has like a hack to where you can get some really cool kind of benefits depending on where you live or what what country you're from and then in terms of currency as well like just going, I love you, go where you're treated best. And it's, it's been, obviously it's completely changed my life. So this is not one that I'm going to harp on too long, but some gems in there, dude, really cool gems on, um, living, living a life kind of outside the matrix, which I harp on a ton. Okay. Moving right along. Next one on skills, not one I'm talking about a ton. It's called fluent forever by Gabriel Weiner, Weiner. I don't know. I think he's German. However you pronounce that last name. It's really cool. It's about language learning, the most effective strategy and book I've, I've taken on language learning. Um, and it's just pretty much about how to take control over your language learning and studying and anchoring, anchoring your, your, your language in your own experience um, has been really helpful for me. So check that out. Change the way that I approach um, my Spanish. And then another one in here. This one isn't I've put under skills, but I'm not sure if this is really a great place for. It. It's called Think Again. Another book. But I'm gonna be honest, haven't read it. But listen to a ton of interviews with Adam Grant, another pen professor. Maybe I just need to go kick it with some pen professors because there's a lot on here. Um, it's the power of knowing what you don't know and this feeling that this I, this feeling that we're that we have to cling so tightly to our beliefs, but that you don't have to believe everything you think. I love that. You don't have to believe everything you think. Um, And just being more flexible, questioning yourself, questioning your own ideas, where they're from, if they're serving you, why you think what you think. Um, And I think especially in the U.S. right now, we could do a lot more of this, of being open to other people's ideas and questioning ourselves more. But it's scary. Shake shit up. Why not shake shit up? Hey, okay, and then when it comes to this last one, these are just for fun. This is just memoir. The Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls just showed me what I think really beautiful memoir writing can be, what beautiful writing can be in general. I love that book. I just love Jeanette Walls. The way she tells stories and everything was just so cool. That was a game changer for me, one of my favorite books. I gift that book a lot. Anthony Kiedis, Scar Tissue. I think this was one of my first um, memoirs that I read and just how being a rock star isn't everything is cracked up to be. It can be dope. It can be dope, which is why I'm coming for it, but it's not everything it's cracked up to be. Um, and there's a story in there that always resonated with me of him being strung out on heroin. He's about to go sell like his like prized guitar, and he's in a guitar um, he's in a guitar. Um, I swear I'm not on drugs. He's in a car and he's following a car, and the car has like all these bumper stickers for his band. And they don't know that he's like about to try to like go score and he's like out of money like in this weird – like under the bridge like with the song. He's about to go score in like some weird like really shady part of town and he's like completely broke. And just like being – like seeing people that support his music on the bumper stickers in front of him was just like – it's just cool. Like it's just a cool kind of peek into what that life is like and band life and why I'm like – uh, That's why I'm a solo artist, man. It's I, I like to do collabs, but, man, being in a band is tough. It's a lot of personalities. And then another one was Not Dead Yet by Phil Collins. Um, and it was just – I just love Phil Collins. <laughs> secret uh, secret little secret passion. I love Phil Collins, and um, it was cool. And he taught himself drumming, and he pretty, he's pretty much a completely self-taught musician. And if you know anything about me, you just know how much that resonates because I'm just Mr. DIY – and just, just believe so much in taking your future and your path into your own hands. If you wanna learn it, you wanna do it, it's really up to nobody but you, and all the resources are out there for you. It's just about putting the time and the effort into actually going to make it happen. So that was super cool, becoming this amazing drummer, to himself. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap on, at this point in 2021, 30 years of age, different books that have had an impact on my life. I can't wait to update this this list. Um, I'm excited I'm about to go into a new phase of like hardcore reading. I'm about to buy my first e-reader. I'm pulling the trigger because I just miss it. And I haven't had a chance to buy a lot of physical books and out here there's hard to find bookstores that um, have books in English. So I'm gonna get an e-reader and um, yeah, jump back into. I have a list, a running list. If you have books that you wanna recommend that have changed your life, please drop them below in the comments or shoot me a DM at Kia Orion everywhere on the internet. Would love to hear what books have been a game changer for you. Hopefully some of these have been interesting Um, for you to hear about the takeaways and please go check these out. I'll put them, again, I'll link these up in the show notes, some really cool gems in here. So thanks again for tuning in. If you haven't made it this far, you're a real one. Check you in a minute. Peace.